Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. A big thank you to today's podcast sponsor, JBL, and their Endurance Peak 2s. These true wireless headphones deliver extra push with pure bass, plus freedom and flexibility with independent earbud connections and hands-free operation, which is a feature that I love about these JBLs. They have up to 30 hours of combined battery life, and they're waterproof, sweatproof, and ultra-comfortable for whatever type of workout you want to be doing. Now, luckily, we have been given a discount for 25% from JBL over the next couple of weeks if you use the code DJK25. So all listeners of the Fitness and Lifestyle podcast will receive 25% off all products on the JBL site. I'd love for you guys to go and try out these Endurance Peak 2s. I've been using them um, over the last week or so with my workouts in the gym, going for a run, even just wearing them around when I take um, Russ for a walk and listen to an audio book or a podcast or whatever. They're fantastic, and I know you guys are going to love them as well. So if you do want to try them out, use that code DJK25 on JBL. Their website link will be in the show notes below, and you can get a 25% discount. A big thank you to JBL for sponsoring today's show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of the show. Today, I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Dom Gorsey. Welcome yeah. to the show. You got my last name right. Good. I know. I've only been practicing it for the last week, so I'm glad I nailed it. Congrats. How should I introduce you? Um, or do you want to do it yourself? Oh, no. You can introduce me. I want to see what you say. Well, Dom is the founder of uh, Creative DG Designs, which has been doing exceptionally well. What year did it start in? Uh, we started 2016. 2016. So for those that haven't seen any of Dom's work... I'll obviously have the links to all of her content and the website and stuff in the show notes below. But what I wanted to talk to you today about, talk to you about today, Dom, mm-hmm. is just the process of when you started DG Designs, the the idea behind it, whether or not you ever thought it was going to be what it is now, um, and then also to give the listeners a bit of an idea about what actually goes into making the designs as well, um, how the the business has grown so quickly over a short period of time and then also like what you've got coming up in the in the future and where you get your motivation from and all that type of stuff and and I wouldn't mind actually touching on um, some of the I guess speed bumps or hiccups along the way that you probably never really put any thought to until they were right in your face yeah, as well course. because I think people will probably just look at it and see that think that it would just happen oh, absolutely easily not. and uh, and with no nothing in between so let's uh let's start off with yeah, what was, the, what was the initial kind of like motivation to, to start it and, and what or who inspired you to even do it in the first place? Yeah, so my business was like an accidental business. Um, I fell into it. In 2015, I did this challenge. It was called a drawing a day when I was studying in America. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember being in my dorm room in New York and I drew this like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in a geometric and I put it on Snapchat when Snapchat was a thing. And all these people started to reply being like, you should sell this or like, could you do one for me or whatever? Mm. And so I started doing a few more and um, over time people actually were like offering me money and I thought, oh, maybe I'll just do it for family and friends, make some extra cash on the side. Um, So when I got home from the US, uh, I kind of set up an Instagram page and didn't think much of it. But then it started to actually pick up a bit of momentum and um, I had a lot of support. I I never thought that people would kind of just like be willing to help me, but like a few galleries messaged me and and, um, people were always willing to, you know, either like put me in their cafe or something like that. 
so it was all really, really organic at the start. Um, and then I... Before you get going, yeah. for those that, like like I said, I'll have the links for everything below so people can check it out themselves if they haven't seen it. But for those that haven't seen any of this stuff, can you try and explain Describe to them? It. Yeah, like what, what it actually is. Yeah, so um, I call it geometric pop culture artwork. So everything is kind of like made up in shapes of like triangles or square. There's no soft edges mm-hmm. um, and... Everything is super colourful. So um, my main focus is usually sportsmen or celebrities, um, but I also have a massive market for pet portraits because people love. Yeah, people yeah, we've love. got one. Uh, we've got one off you. Oh, the, yeah, that's the one for right. Buxy is awesome. Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, so I, I've been doing a lot of animals as well. They're really popular. I've actually got a nursery collection coming out next week, which cool. are all like tigers and elephants and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I guess that's how you would describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So after, I think that was, I think we're into 2016, 2017 now, I was working full time at a social media company and, um, I was making okay amount of money, um, for me to leave my job at that point. Um, which was what? Uh, in social media. So yeah, I was yeah, working, yeah. Um, like I wasn't making a great amount of money, but I was making enough money that if I were to leave my job, I could. Still pay all your bills. And yeah, stuff, yeah. Or like, you know, I think that was the time to really go out on my own. And I found as well that working for other people was just not, not working for me because mm. I, um, I find it hard to be told what to do and I'd get really resentful to all yeah. my bosses. Um which but, though, is... but before you go on there, I'm sorry to cut you off again. Yeah, okay. I'll probably do it again a few more times as well. That's fine. Just a heads up. But for those that are listening, because I've talked about this a few a few times on the podcast before, like for those that are in a job that maybe they may not necessarily love or maybe they don't mind their job, but they see themselves doing something bigger, How like is there anything you can kind of, any advice you can give that can help someone realize when it is the right time to go all in? Or would you recommend having a side hustle for a while until that does get to the point where it's making enough to step aside because I think a lot of people are just scared to take the risk yeah. when, when when in the end of the day you're going to have to take a risk at some point but it can be pretty scary when mm. you've got a secure income and you've got something even though you love it that may not work out and you just kind of go all in um, I definitely recommend having the side hustle to the point where you could leave your job and be okay because, like, I, I was fortunate to be in a position, like, at that time, I was still, I think I was only 23 or 24, mm-hmm. um, so it was okay for me. I lived at home, so right. I didn't have overheads as such, um, but have that side hustle as long as you can until you feel secure. That's my only advice. Honestly, yeah. yeah, that it's too much of a risk, in my opinion, um, to just like go all out and quit your job unless you have like some sort of financial backing. Yeah, true. Investors or something. And when you started, so when you left your job and went all in with this, did you have any backing? Um, no, absolutely not. But and what was a um, was there many overheads for you to be doing this? Uh, not really. Like the cost of um production. So like every, all all of my payments would be upfront from like either the online sale or if it was a commission piece yeah. so that I could afford to pay for like things like framing and freight yeah. and all that. Um, so it, at the start, I didn't have really any overheads, which was good for me. Um, but obviously as the business grew, then so did the overheads. That changes, yeah. Yeah, of course. What was the, um, 
Was there a point in time where you went from, you know, doing this yourself? Because I think there's also a lot of people listening that may have their own business or their own side hustle where they may not know it yet, but they're almost reaching like a ceiling where it can they can no longer do it by themselves. Or, you know, mm. I know I struggled initially with like delegating stuff to other people because I thought like, I want to do it myself. Yep. Or if I do it, give it to someone else, they're not going to do as good a job as me. But like, it comes a point in time where you've only got so many hours in the day and there's only so much you can do. So what was that point for you when you realized that it was time to actually expand and, and start hiring people and um, getting help? I think that, so that would probably be about two years ago because I'm exactly the same. I'm like a solopreneur. I'm very much like I want to do everything myself. I don't want to give my tasks away because yeah. if they don't do it to my standard, like it'll upset me. Um, but you're right. As soon as you get big enough to that point, like you actually have to, otherwise yeah. you won't succeed. So I think probably about 2019, yep, yeah, 2019, I started doing digital marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I employed like a marketing company and um, like a business consultant at that time. So not really staff, but I was starting to get some more help. Um, and then from there, yeah, I just like, as, as you get bigger, um, I got an assistant and then, um, got like a dispatch team and, you know, as you grow, the people that you're with at the start aren't always the people you end up with and Mm. you you kind of find your feet that way. But yeah, I think, I think that would be about it two years ago. Yeah. That was, yeah. And before we keep going, um, Again, for someone that's listening that has like their own small business or their own mm-hmm. idea that they've started up and going, and this is a question I get a lot, even from like trainers and stuff like that, is how you mentioned before you had like cafes and galleries and stuff mm-hmm. putting your stuff in their yep. their stores and galleries and that. But what were you doing to get organic reach for for your products to grow the brand and and get more like brand awareness and stuff? Yeah, so um, I think the main success of my business has come from social media. So I was pretty onto it with posting daily on Instagram, yeah. um, obviously because it's a visual product yeah, true. Um, that worked in my favor as opposed to perhaps like a service. I mm-hmm. think that's actually a little bit harder on socials. So I think because people could see it um, so easily, that really yeah worked in my favor. But over time, I at the start, I kind of outreached to people who I thought might be able to help me. Um, mm. So a lot of restaurants, there's quite a few cafes in Melbourne now that have the DG prints, yeah. which is fabulous. Yeah, it's awesome. um, but then it got to a point, like it's at a point now where I'm not really focused on me doing like outreach I'm I'm also I'm terrible at doing sales for myself I'm okay at doing sales for other people but I think when it's your own product it's really it's a bit harder or a bit scarier yeah but everything has honestly I know this is going to sound bad but it's like organically come to me so far like yeah. people reach out yeah. to me because um, I I don't know it's it must be like some weird vibration thing I feel like when I put something out like I don't actually get the response I want but then if I'm kind of sitting back, yeah, it comes to me. So yeah, yeah, that's sort of just what's been happening recently. Have you ever listened or listened to or or read the book um, by Gabby Bernstein, um, The Universe Has Your Back? Yes, I do. I have, I have read it. Sorry. Yeah. 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 It definitely has mine. Things are going well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, it's a good book. um, You said before, and I know you still do these designs, but like Leonardo DiCaprio and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. 
I'm assuming like you had in mind what you wanted to mm-hmm. put out there, but mm-hmm. then did you get like feedback and that direction changed? Like, yeah, definitely. Compared to what you initially wanted or thought it was going to do? Well, so initially I really wanted to do fashion prints because it was something that I was super interested in um and I sort of tested the waters with like the Chanel perfume bottles and stuff yeah and they sold well but I was getting like quite a lot of demand for sports Sports, um so I started doing them like it wasn't like my you know I wasn't like totally into it at the start um that and rappers so um like Kanye and and that which I'm into the rappers so that was good uh, but those th- those categories have like far exceeded anything that I initially wanted to do. Um, mm. But as time's gone on, I've like learned to love it. And obviously, like with Michael Jordan last year and the and the documentary, yeah, that was awesome. Like he and then unfortunately, legend. but um, oh, obviously with Kobe as well, that would have that would have been like a big yeah driver of traffic as well for people wanting to like have their piece of like. Memorabilia, like memorabilia, yeah. I guess you could call it maybe. Yeah. Of yeah. Kobe, yeah. Yeah, I felt bad. There's like this like fine line on on like I didn't want to seem like I was obviously capitalizing on that so, tragedy. Yeah, yeah. Um I did have a Kobe print prior to that and um so yeah, obviously that performed well last year, but I, I also did like a piece in their honour, like the daughter as well, um, that just like wasn't for sale so that people knew like I wasn't trying to, wasn't trying to capitalise on it. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it was sad and I love yeah. him. Um, yeah, the, the MJ one, that would have went nuts because I remember speaking to you maybe a day or two before the first mm. episode came out of the doco. That would have went crazy. Oh, it did. He's he's still my After number one, day. my bestseller. Yeah. Has there been, uh, what's like one of the designs that's just like blown up that you would never have thought it would? Um, well, probably Michael, Michael Jordan. I, cause I, so remember, um, my launch event a couple of years ago when I did the nineties theme collection. So I put him in that. I didn't realize how big he was. Like I know it's Michael Michael Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, I know, but I did, I didn't (laughs) think people were as obsessed with him, especially our age. I thought it was more like maybe people in their thirties or something were more into him. Um, and then last year when the documentary came out, it was insane like still to this day every everyone wants michael just michael michael and kanye that's it when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply that's awesome. And do, so where, like, something that I was thinking about recently actually is, like, where do you go, like, from here? With the business? In terms of growth, like, what, like, how, like, what are ways that you can continue to grow the business? Mm-hmm. Obviously, organically, now that you've got brand awareness, people will continue to buy, but, like, how do you continue to expand? Um, so, the plans for the future, are, like, something that I, I, figured out recently I had a so I do a lot of digital marketing so that's how I get all like my online sales like paid ads and stuff yeah, like yeah yeah and um we had like an ad account issue and it went down for a week and the sales kind of dropped a bit and I it really like resonated with me that you have to have other avenues of income yeah. so uh at the moment we're stocked in 
I think it's like maybe about 10 stores like nationally. Mm-hmm. But um, the plan this year is to become more friendly with distributors, um, like uh, bigger bigger names. Um, we, I just launched on Temple and Webster. Do you know Temple and Webster? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and <laughs> a few other, like oh, I'm on the Block Shop, yeah. like the online store. Yeah, and cool. um and then also, yeah, we, we've just done a deal with the AFL as well to um, do their merchandise. So that will be that will be that's big. epic. So what does yeah. that mean? what does that entail like? So with the AFL, obviously that's a huge yeah, deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, we this year uh, DG will be an official licensee. So it'll come with the AFL sticker and everything. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, so it'll be all official merchandise. Um, Thirty-four players to start with. Yep. And roughly two from each team. Um, we're just finalising. There's a couple more that I need to do now. Um, and so does that get distributed through you or through the AFL? So it's going to go through both. So it'll oh, be cool. um, on my platform, but then also uh, like through their stores and online store and everything as well. That's epic. Yeah, it'll be really, it'll be really good. How does uh, how does something like that come about? Because you know I've talked about and not not obviously not with you around, but um, just. Whenever I speak to guests who have had like something, it's like an opportunity come about, which is just awesome. Or something seems mm-hmm. like probably when you start, it seems like it's something it would maybe never be happen. likely to happen. Yeah, um, I'm always interested in to see like how it happened. And a lot of time, it's just something from super su- a super simple conversation yeah. or like a, something you didn't think would um, result in anything. So what what did how did that come about? Um, really so, struggling to speak. No, you're okay. Um, <laughs> it's a bit. It's it's funny. I so the last few years I have done at the start of each year I've done a like a vision board or a goal setting board for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and surprisingly, the thing. So what I do is I do um my target, my stretch, and my super stretch. And stretch and super stretch are like I want this to happen. I don't think it will, but like you just put it in there anyway. Yeah, put it out there. And um. This year, or last year, sorry, I put get the AFL contract as a super stretch. Just did not think it would ever mm. happen, um, but it was on there. And I think um, being able to see it every day like gets in yeah, yeah, ingrained yeah. into you. And um, law of attraction. It is. I'm telling you now. You have to do these mood boards at the start of the year. They always come true for me. Mm. Always. Um, anyway, I kept looking at it, and then I spoke with a few people that are on my team, and. I said, milk whatever contacts you have. We need to get a meeting. And one of the um, one of the guys on my marketing team, he knew someone who worked for the Players Association, and um, it just kind of kind of went from there. It's just the networking. Yeah. Yep. It was good. Networking so important, isn't it? It is. It's crazy. Hundred percent. I often think about how some of the things that I'm doing now, or some of the people I know now, is literally just through a random conversation which you'd never have thought would result in anything 100%. at all or like going for coffee with someone that at the time may not feel like it's even worth your mm. time or whatever it's crazy how opportunities can come out of that oh 100% it's all about just like meeting meeting people that that's i think that's like one of the like things that's attributed to my success as well i've always uh not been afraid to ask for help for or advice from yeah. people who are in a better position than me and reach out to them and people are willing to give it. So if mm. you can network or you're happy to communicate with these people, they'll help you. Yeah, for sure. What have been some of the, uh, I guess, the roadblocks or things that have popped up along the way that have been difficult that you may not have even, uh, I guess, 
accounted for in the first place or thought mm-hmm. that it could even be an issue in the first place? Um, well, definitely. I get asked this question a lot and the answer is I do not have a business background. So I studied graphic design. Um, I had no idea what a profit and loss sheet was. I have no idea about margins or anything. Um, so it was very tricky when I first started my business, especially things like tax and GST. I had no idea yeah. about that. Um, And (laughs) so I've always kind of felt like I was at a bit of a disadvantage just because of that. But um, in the end, like you can always overcome those issues by just asking the people around you who've done it before or just getting good people on your team who, who, if you can't do something yourself, like I've come to the realization, like I am not good at accounting, so I'm not going to try and be, I will give that to someone else else, to help me. I'm just going to focus on what I'm good at. But I think that was probably the biggest issue I'd say. I mean, there's been like teething issues with logistics and, um, but I mean, every business has that and um, we're at a pretty good spot now. It took a few different suppliers to get to the point that we're at now, but we're pretty happy. Everything's running smoothly for now. Yeah, perfect. What are you, uh, something, a question I ask a lot of guests on the show is like, I know like you're big into your health and fitness and you love mm. training, you love eating well and all that type of stuff, but is there anything that you do on a daily basis that you would say is like a daily or morning routine that you like to do to set yourself up for a big day. Like obviously at the moment, um, sounds like business is doing well. So mm-hmm. you would have a lot on your plate. So how do you make sure that you're coming into each day in like the best headspace possible and the best mental and physical um, position possible? Yeah, I so I exercise every morning, like mm. early first thing before coffee, before food. I I can't if I don't exercise that day I feel like a bit groggy. Yeah. Um so I found that that really helps. Um recently I've started meditating to try and calm me down because I can be quite reactive I feel especially if there's like something comes up at work and it's a bit stressful I'm quick to like think of the worst crisis yeah. ever yeah. but it's actually it has helped me to be a better leader yeah, by good. just calming down. But I think exercise for me is like the number one big thing in the morning. I have to do it. Otherwise, the day is shot to hell. I'm reading this book at the moment called Stillness is the Key. Oh. I think it's maybe by Ryan Holiday, I think the author is. Yeah. But by sounds of it, I feel as though it would be... I think it'd help you. Yeah, I just finished the 5am club. Um, Robin Sharma. Yeah, have you read it? Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I... I think he could have maybe just condensed it to, I didn't need the whole story. I just needed <laughs> get me straight to the point. Have you, read any, have you read any of his other books? No. Are they all like that? No, they're really good. Like I, for someone that had never like, for someone that's never considered having a morning routine or mm-hmm. never prioritizing that stuff, I feel as though 5am club's like a really good book. But for me, that was like my least favorite oh, out of his, like okay. his, uh, I've mentioned this on the show so many times, but his book the monk who sold his ferrari everyone talks about this it's just fucking awesome like okay. it's, it's a really, really really good book i'll read it i'm yeah i just i think because my time is also limited i'm like i don't need the fluff just get me straight to the straight to the good stuff the yeah. core um <laughs> but no that was really interesting the way he i don't know if i could do the 5 a.m but he did sort of structured it in like the, you do the first block of your morning is exercise followed by like a little bit of meditation and maybe like um gratitude and then the third part was uh like journaling or um reviewing your goals and education yeah. so like upskilling you do that all before you start your day mm. at work and i 
I resonate with that a lot. So you've been you've been trying to do that? Well, no. I read it like I finished it two days ago. So I'm I'm gonna try. <laughs> I'm gonna try. Um, but I definitely have always done the the exercise first, and now I, I, over the last like two months, I've been introducing the meditation. But um, yeah, usually I do my reading at the end of the day. Yeah, before you sleep. Yeah. Yeah, I've started doing mine in the morning now. Is it good? Well, yeah, because yeah. Because then I find if I get to the end of the day and I just can't be fucked and I'm mm. like really tired or whatever, it doesn't absorb. I don't. Yeah, I, either that or I just fall asleep. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. like physically, do you read or audiobook? Oh, read. I have to. Really? I can't audiobook. Oh, I can't read. I, I can <laughs> read. I can read. It's all right, guys. I can read. But um, like as soon as I read a book, it just puts me to sleep. It could be like right if you gave me a book right now, I reckon I'd fall asleep after five. <laughs> oh pages. my god, that's so. But audio book for some reason, like audio and visual for me, just like. I'm definitely visual. I've started to avoid the sleeping. If you highlight, I've got a notebook now, so I highlight the important stuff and then I write it down. So it makes it, it gets into my head more. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You no. could try that because then you have to do something while you're reading. Yeah. I could just borrow your books and just yeah. read all oh, the yeah, highlights. Yeah. <laughs> get straight to it. Cliff notes. What, um, so you mentioned before about the mood, like before we kind of wrap mm-hmm. things up, the mood board yes. you do at the start of the year. Like, yep. What was in your like super stretch? I think you referred to it as for this year. Oh, um, Are you able to share there it? was, well, there was some, um, revenue targets. Yep. Uh, and then it was, I think it was to get the NRL. That's that was my super stretch to get the NRL this year. But I think, um, I think realistically, we would probably that would probably be something that we would look at doing next year, just so we can find our feet with the AFL. Yeah, first. see what works, what doesn't work. Yeah, and yeah. and how the process goes. But yeah, that was that was on the that was on the super stretch. Nice. Uh, and one more thing, I might, you may not be able to say who I guess but like yeah. has there been any like collaborations with brands or mm-hmm. um, corporations or whatever that yep. you have thought would be like a massive boost that has kind of just fizzled out and not ha- not been as effective as what you thought it would be as in previous collabs yeah as in like you know I- I'm not saying that I know anything but like yeah. you said before that like you know you've done the block I know you had the yes. Australian Open last year which is awesome yep. and stuff like that has there been any that you thought like could be one that could just blow your brand up or whatever which didn't really work out the way you thought it would um not really because every every collab serves their purpose um especially if it's just one that is for you know with the australian open that was literally just a like a wall decal and i mean it did at the time it brought a lot of attention and it opened up leads for um like Toyota and all these other bigger brands, mm. but then obviously COVID happened, so it was like a lot of brands were pulling back on budget. Yeah, yeah. Um, so probably, yeah, maybe in that sense. But um, I mean, I just did a collaboration with L'Oreal for Pureology for their Mother's yeah. Day thing, so that's going to come out in May. And then um, I'm now working with a PR company, and they have been getting some pretty good traction. So I think stay tuned because there might be some other collabs this year. Cool, awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Dom, thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. Pleasure. And as I said, I'll have all the links to your um, socials and the website and stuff in the show notes below. Um, so, guys, stay tuned for uh, all the AFL content this yeah, year, which will be cool. March 18. Yeah, awesome. Make sure this will be coming out probably around <laughs> then, I would say, or probably after then. So, we'll... Um, I'll make sure as well, sorry guys make sure you go and check out Dom's page and see all the designs and if there's anything you like um, be sure to grab some I know we've got a few at home and 
Paddy's got some, and we oh, they're Paddy. all awesome. Yeah, I so love him missing. Doing great. So thanks for tuning in today, guys. If you've enjoyed today's chat, please do take a screenshot of today's episode and post it up on your Instagram story for us. Tag myself, tag Dom, tag DG Designs, mm-hmm. and uh, thanks so much for tuning into today's show.